everybody, and welcome to episode 61 of Sequel Pitch, the podcast where three, sometimes, usually four, sometimes it's only three of us friends, review a movie that doesn't have a sequel and then have a bit of a competition pitching our ideas for one. I am your host today, Drew Toynbee, and joining me, I have the ever just crazily cynical and deeply, deeply, deeply hateful person, Ross Harmston. Fuck you! And the naive and lovable, but still ultimately a bit weird cameraman, Andy Henry. Bing! (laughs) And unfortunately, our beautiful long-haired producer, who looks like Andy McDowell, Matt Rushton, isn't joining us tonight. He is recovering from surgery, so do please join us in sending... All of the very best wishes for a speedy recovery to our big, hairy northerner. You should mention yeah. it's only knee surgery as well, nothing like life-threatening. It's just a, yeah, so yeah, he's, like, he's not actually serious. Yeah. Yeah, he's had another good. knee put on top of one of his knees, so now he can bend his leg three ways. It's great. The more yeah. he misses, the more he goes down the scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Mm. As a reminder, we are scoring this year of episodes, and so the winner of the episode today will get three pitch points the runner-up will get two pitch points, and Matt, by default, does still get one pitch point, even though he's literally not even fucking Doesn't have here. to do anything, and he gets a point. <laughs> so, actually, what this means, if, if anyone pulls ahead early in the year and builds up a huge lead, they can just fuck off from the podcast and be like, nah, <laughs> screw you guys, I'm not coming back. Fair. Today's movie, as mentioned last week, and as is in the title of the episode, we've got to work out a better way to do... we need some better patter for this is the 1993 american fantasy comedy groundhog day directed by the late great and inimitable hamel hamald harold (laughs) ramis and starring bill murray andy mcdowell and chris elliott what we are going to do as always is run through our 60 second synopsis so that if you haven't seen the movie, somehow, for some reason, you've not seen Groundhog Day, you'll understand what happens. Then we're going to give our scores for the movies and our sort of top line review for everyone listening at home. And then all of our lovely pitch pals on Patreon will be able to hear our full review. Once that's out of the way, we'll be getting straight into the pitches and I will crown our winner. So without further ado, I am going to hop in and get started on that synopsis. On the 1st of February, cynical and mean television weatherman Phil Connors goes with his producer Rita and cameraman Larry to Punk Satorney to cover Groundhog Day. On the 2nd of February, Phil wakes up hearing Sonny and Cher's I Got You Babe on the clock radio. He gives a completely lacklustre, terrible report on Punk Satorney Phil saying that winter's going to carry on. And then a blizzard strikes the town and Phil and his friends are stuck there. The next morning, Phil wakes up to the same song... And everything is the same. It is the 2nd of February. He thinks it's weird deja vu, but then it happens again and again and again and again. And Phil realises he's stuck in a fucking time loop. Phil goes through a range of emotions. He realises there are no consequences to his actions, so does a lot of horrible things. He seduces loads of women. He robs banks. But he can't get Rita to sleep with him. He then gets depressed, really depressed. He commits suicide a bunch of times. Nothing works. He always comes back. But eventually... He starts doing good things for people and starts finding fulfilment and learning new skills and growing as a person. And eventually he has a perfect day with Rita 
and says that he will be happy even if no one remembers because he's happy now and he loves her and then he wakes up and it's February 3rd and he's with Rita and everything's brilliant at the end. Hey. So there we have it. That is what happens in Groundhog Day. So now I need to get some scores for this movie and your thoughts on it, whether you liked it or not. So let us begin with Andy. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I love this movie. I think it's one of the one of the rare, like <coughs> near perfect movies. Um, wow. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of some things that maybe could be updated, but I'm going to give it. Um, Four and a half. No, I'm going to go even higher. I'm going to go 4.75 uh, oh, flapjacks. That's right. 4.75 flapjacks, flapjacks out of five. Mm. And he gives it 4.75. Rostopher Harmston, how about you? I thought it was good. It was good, but it wasn't as good as Andy is um, saying. I think that, um, you know, Bill Murray has... Uh, you know, quite a good performance in it. You know, he's uh, he uh, has you know that dry comedy, you know that sort of Ghostbusters esque thing to him. But it's very Ghostbusters. Yeah, but it's Bill Murray. It's, it's, it's very Bill Murray. So yeah, it's like basically Harold Ramis went. Oh yeah, I want you to basically play the character you play in Ghostbusters. <laughs> but for me, the one thing that I didn't like or just felt a bit weird watching it was the tonal shift from. Yeah, let's go get some food. And then literally now it's finding new ways to kill myself. <laughs> Just felt a bit weird for me, like in in terms of that tonal shift. So for me, the performances are great. Bill Murray's great. However, the tonal shift in the script and the story, it, it threw me a bit. So I'm going to give it three gophers riding off the edge of a cliff. Is it Gopher? It's a Gopher, <laughs> a isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a Groundhog. It's a Groundhog, man. It's in the title. <laughs> I, mean, I, I suspect they are very closely linked. However, Andy is right. Yeah. It is literally the title yeah. of the movie, Ross. Yeah? Is it? Oh, shit. I was trying to find Beaver jokes earlier, and I was like, why does none of these work? And I was like, oh, yeah, because it's a fucking Groundhog. That's probably why. <laughs> oh, that can be on the highlight for this year. What is that? What are they called? <laughs> Yeah, fucking hell. Groundhogs. <laughs> and for me, I'm I'm more in Ross's camp than Andy's. It's there there are some really funny moments. I think it's a really well constructed movie in how well it portrays the same day over and over again and his journey through the movie. But some of it for me it was the tonal shifts in smaller moments that didn't quite work. And not all of the comedy worked for me particularly. I don't, I think I only laughed out loud maybe twice watching this movie. And actually, his transformation at the end of the movie in The Perfect Day with Rita is what worked best for me. So I am, I'm going to go between the two of you and say, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it four wandering balding insurance salesman who there is an audience theory that they might be the devil out of five bing the ah. devil? it's quite cool I, I don't i personally don't agree with that but we'll see as matt unfortunately couldn't give us a score for this he is going in as the average of our three scores which is coming in at 3.91 
six 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 seven. The devil. They've all got out of five. Devil. It makes sense. Oh it all makes sense. God. Oh my god. Theory <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> right. So there we have it. We are going to move on to pitching our sequels, unless, of course, you are one of our fabulous, lovely, wonderful pitch pals on patreon.com forward slash sequel pitch. If you're one of those guys, here we go into the full review. If you're not, here's the pitches. Thanks for passing that over to me, me, a second ago. Thanks, me. (laughs) Yes, through the fog of antidepressant side effects and cold viruses and generally existing in Andy's brain, I think it is time (laughs) to get your sequels pitched. Okay, as always, the rules of the pitch section are... We keep saying it's simple and then we describe them for uh, a a decent chunk of time. Uh, Ross and Andy are going to pitch their sequels to me. They will give me their title, their little roundup, and then they're going to tell us what happens in the movie. If I have questions for them, I'll ask them. If I don't, I won't. Great, that was... Why? Easy. Why did I? So why did simple. I even need to say that? And then, once they've both gone, I will set them loose on each other, and they will argue why I should pick their film and why I shouldn't pick the other film. So, without further ado, Andy went first in the review and the scores. So I'm going to say Ross. Yeah. Uh, hello. I'm hello. Ross. Um, and my. <laughs> Title for the sequel is called Groundhog Day 2. That wonderful. <laughs> yep. Big good. old good title there. <laughs> the big old two. You're waiting for it in the, in the cinema when the trailer comes up. It's Groundhog. What are you going to call it? What are you going to call it? <laughs> two. You're like, oh, well, makes sense. Yep. <laughs> okay. And what's your, what's your brief summary? Phil and family, Phil and family uh, are more disjointed now than ever, and it's fast approaching Groundhog Day. The constant loops brings them back together and teaches them the error of their way. Ah, okay. Ready when you are. We open the movie with Phil. He's doing last his last ever weather broadcast. Because if it's anything like England, fuck knows when we can retire. Uh, he He signs off saying the similar something similar to the first one uh there will be some sort of storm uh but it will miss puxatorney 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 and of course tomorrow is groundhog day so he's doing the weather report for puxatorney because he lives there now Mm-hmm. Um, and he's saying there's a storm. Uh, so Phil heads home to uh, the Cherry Street Inn uh, to a surprise party that Rita has set up for him. Although uh, she has to run off to work as soon as she get as soon as he gets there, he's left with some of his old friends like Ned. Maybe he could be there. <laughs> Phil notices his son isn't there, and he heads upstairs to his room, and he's like listening to music and playing PlayStation. And he's played by Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. Um, Phil tries to connect with him, but it ends in a fight and Finn slams the door in his face. Ned is there to tell him that didn't go well, did it? Uh, uh, Anyway, he says goodbye to his friends and then sits uh, sits in his kitchen eating a piece of cake alone. He heads to bed and we see it's 3 a.m. and in comes Rita. Uh, He then tries to talk to her, but she says she's tired and wants to go to bed. 
Phil tries to get jiggy, but fails. The alarm goes off and it's 6am and Rita gets up. Phil questions her, asking her why is she working today? And she remarks, it's Groundhog Day and says she's got a new reporter that she has to do a report with. She kisses him on the forehead and then heads out. Uh, He goes down to have breakfast and Finn uh, literally says one word to him and heads out too. Um, He gets dressed and heads out. We have some hilarious hijinks with Bill Murray. He's not the same as he was, but we get little hints of him still being miserable, especially now that (laughs) he's even older. Um, Everyone around him is also really proper miserable. So, you know, like, it's kind of like that. He's still like, he's not miserable, miserable, but he's like, you know, a little bit cantankerous, if that makes sense. Mm. And then everyone around him is just like all involved in themselves. Don't don't really care. It's not about uh, anything anymore. Um, he sees Rita. She's doing a broadcast with the new reporter. It's this hot guy. It's fucking Pedro Pascal. Oh, Yay! yeah. Man He's of flirting. the moment. Yeah, yeah. He's flirting with Rita. Phil comes over and he's pretty awkward. Uh, they have to ha- they have a kind of like a dick off, basically. Much like the old Murray and that guy in the Ghostbusters, you know, when he's like, this right, that man, ha- this man has no dick, that kind of thing. Um, Phil ends up ruining the shot and Rita leaves angrily. Phil walks off and sees Finn in a nearby arcade and goes in and they also have a verbal fight because he's supposed to be at school. Um, the day ends with all of them slamming doors and going to bed in separate rooms. They wake up and we follow Rita this time. She starts slowly uh, thinking like it's deja vu. That is until Phil comes to her and says, it's happening again. So basically, there's going to be obviously (laughs) a lot more into this. But like it basically follows Rita and and it's obviously in a time loop. And she's thinking what the hell's going on. And then you kind of get the same stuff that's happening. She goes to the reporter thing. And then Phil comes over and it's like, it's happening again. It's happening again. Uh, she dismisses it and Phil ends up ruining the shot again. Phil walks to the arcade and sees Finn there. And he's like, no, no, not again. He starts slapping himself, but cannot, cannot wait. He goes in to speak to Finn. Finn recognizes something is weird, but just thinks it's like deja vu. Um, Phil thinks that he uh, he's again alone in this constant loop. He ends the day and hopes that he wakes up tomorrow. But he doesn't. The next portion of the movie is basically all three of them realizing they're stuck in a loop and they cannot get out. They have a conversation with Phil and Phil tells them that this happened to him before and that they have to figure out why. Um, But Finn wants to explore what it's like. So Finn and Rita start doing kind of like the Phil stuff that he did in the first movie. Um, Finn, you know, maybe... We get we get hilarious scenes, and because I said hilarious, they are. It will um, be. We get hilarious scenes like Rita having sex with Pedro Pascal. <laughs> we get Finn beating up the school bully. <laughs> and Finn is trying to control this, and the both of them, and he's like trying to keep them both in, like from doing stupid things. He need we, he wants to get out of this loop. Um, it gets to a point much like the first one where they all of them, they can't escape. Uh, they become bored of it. It gets to a point where the family all have a heart to heart and uh, then becomes every day. Uh, hold on. 
I can't read what I wrote here. Uh, <laughs> and then it becomes, um, yeah, then it becomes like after that, after their heart to heart, they basically start having like family days where they, they, they're still looping, but they're doing everything together. Like they're going to the family arcade or they're going to, you know, a family trip or something, you know? Um, and it, le- and we see a change and it you know, opens the family up and Rita learns to spend more time with, uh, you know, the family, and Finn also learns to spend more time with the family and open up as well. Um, and they all have a family meal together at the end. And then they tell each other they love one another and they go to sleep and they wake up to tomorrow. They wake <laughs> and they all have breakfast together. And then maybe the song of um, whatever the fucking song plays in the first You got me, one. Yeah, I, yeah, it plays in the background. And I then it's you. the end of the movie. Okay. Okay, thank you. I don't think I have any questions for you on that one. Okay, that means I'm going to win. Let's move on oh, yeah. to you. So, Andy, what's your what what are your potential titles and your actual title? I like how um, you already know that he's got potential <laughs> <Yeah>. titles. <laughs> Get him out of the way. Come on, right? Groundhog Day two. Six more win- months of winter of discontent. Uh, Groundhog Day 2, Deja Vu. Groundhog Day 2, here we go again. Groundhog Day 2, Deja Vu. Groundhog Day 2, this is the real one. <laughs> the real one is Groundhog Day 2, one day can change a life. Uh, okay. And my blurb is, Dave is stuck in the same day his whole life, but just one thing can change everything. Right, so we open in a boring office with people doing their boring job. Until suddenly a wall explodes. Ah, and a supervillain flies in and says he's looking for the chosen one, uh, who is the key to his world domination. His finger Bloody moves hell. around the room. Oh, yeah. His, his, his finger moves around the room and lands on the office manager, played by Anthony Starr, who you might know as Homelander yeah. if you don't know the name. Nice. Uh, suddenly a superhero flies in, but the audience doesn't see their face. Uh, they fight over the manager, and the superhero wins, and the manager and the crowd of people in the office pick up the superhero like a hero basically and carry him out leaving one man alone in the room this man then wakes up from his dream he's dave and he's played by um aziz anzari uh he wakes up and he does his morning routine he has breakfast while watching tv uh we see there's a picture of him and like a girl on his like table but it's slightly out of focus um he gets showered gets dressed takes the bus to work uh he walks past like a group of friends who are chatting but no one really like pays attention or chats to dave he then sits at his desk and starts working. Uh, we then see uh, the manager from Dave's dream, Anthony Starr, actually come out of his office and shout at Dave, uh, but Dave's too shy to fight back. Uh, and then on the way home, he goes into a shop and he sees <coughs> a cashier, Alice, played by Emma Stone. Uh, it's clear Dave finds Alice attractive, but he's not brave enough to start a conversation. Outside, Dave sees graffiti on a wall saying, what are you doing? Uh, we see Dave's nightly routine, basically similar to the first, uh, all the breakfast, he watches TV, makes dinner, reads, goes to bed. Um, after a few days of this, um, we, uh, he goes into the shop again, but this time he makes a joke about something, or he makes a comment, and Alice kind of chuckles. Dave goes home, does his nightly routine, but when he's in bed, he smiles slightly, and then sleeps, and he dreams again about the superhero and villain. Uh, after the next morning's routine, Dave sees on TV that a fair is coming to town, ooh! Uh, so he's walking to the shop that he normally does on, like, Saturdays, uh, and he sees the graffiti again, what are you doing? Uh, uh, Dave looks at the graffiti and decides to go to the fair instead. Um, He gets tempted into a game, like a shooting game maybe, where he wins. Uh, Some people like crowd around him and clap and applaud him. 
Peter, played by Shade Crawford, who uh, is the deep in uh, the boys. <laughs> That, that's all you know. It's not. It's not a boys' reunion. That's all. Yeah. The, have you been watching the boys lately <laughs> at all? Maybe a little. Um, he uh, he's played by his character is called Peter, and he comes over and congratulates Dave and says, seeing he's alone, he invites Dave to get a drink with him and his friends. Dave kind of nervously accepts, and then he has a great night with Dave and his friends. Dave admits that he's always kind of wanted to start a podcast, but he's just too nervous in case no one listens. Uh, Peter and Dave like bond more, and at the end of that scene, Peter invites Dave to join their five-a-side league. Uh, and Dave joins. Uh, act two is then Dave going around, uh, going to work. But there's a there's a little difference we see in him like every time uh, or every day. And then outside of work, he's trying new things, meeting new interesting people, and hearing their stories and their lives and kind of what's just basically happened to them. Uh, Dave isn't like a completely new person. He's not like and a lot of these kind of like you know finding yourself movies. The person ends completely different. He's not. He's the same person. He's just changed a little bit. He's more confident. He's just overall happier. Um, he goes into the shop and he finally asks out Alice, who accepts. Uh, we learn uh, that the woman in the picture at the beginning um, is a is Dave's sister, Melissa, who he hasn't spoken to in two years. And then surprise, knock, 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 that night, Melissa, played by uh, Mindy Kaling, makes a surprise appearance. Uh, and we learn that their adopted parents, Bill Murray and Andy McDowell, died in a car crash. And after that, Dave was more closed off uh, than he ever was kind of before their death. He wasn't a big extrovert before. He was kind of, you know, a little shy, but after their death, he went uh, a lot more recluse. Uh, and Dave basically kind of broke off the, sis- uh, the relationship with his sister because he couldn't look at his sister without kind of thinking about it. <coughs> uh, Dave goes on his date with Alice and it goes super well. Uh, and then later that night when Dave's dreaming, he dreams of the superhero and the villain. The superhero this time saves him, turns around and we see the superhero is Bill Murray. Um, he flies his son up to like the tall building and they like, sit on the edge and have a chat. Dave confesses that he's never felt like a main character and always feels like he's standing in the background of someone else's story. Uh, Bill, uh, Bill, or Phil, I should say, not Bill. Phil explains that every story and every main character is different and you don't need to have a big, exciting life to have a big and exciting life. And you just can't be afraid to fail. Uh, the next day at work, Dave is getting bullied again by his manager, but Dave uh, just tries to relate to him, doesn't embarrass him, doesn't humiliate him or anything like that, just tries to relate to him. But the manager remains a, remains a dick, basically, and just goes, Mwah! Uh, but Dave then sees Alice at the shop, uh, asks her out again, but she says even though she had a great night, she just didn't feel there was a spark. Dave nearly falls apart, but then smiles and leaves. Uh, and we end the next morning seeing Dave getting up early, um, and there's a new picture of him and Melissa on his table, and his calendar is like half full of activities. Dave goes for a run, and we see the What Are You Doing graffiti being painted over. Uh, there's a voiceover of his first episode of his, uh, of his, podca- uh, his podcast, uh, where he talks about kind of like season day and and maybe how that's different to everyone. And if this podcast reaches just one person, then it will be enough. Okay. Not the crazy Very... Andy pitch you normally get, is it? Eh? Oh. Mm. <laughs> Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Thank you very much. You I... are welcome. I'm going to leave you to to argue it out. So just before we we get into the argument section we have ross's pitch where bill murray and andy mcdowell have a son played by finn wolfhard and they all get stuck in a time loop and have to come back together to get out and we have andy's groundhog day to one day can change your life where aziz ansari is going through life and struggling and we discover that bill murray was his adopted father very interesting. And on that note, 
I shall unleash unleash the beasts and well, let you battle I'll, it out. I'll stop, because Ross's is just the same movie, let's, let's, let's be honest. <laughs> As opposed to yours, which is totally the weirdest movie. Yeah, yeah. Your family the gets trapped. There's so many questions about yours. Like, why is just the big yours, one? Yours literally opens and it's like... Yours yeah, that's a dream. Is, yeah. <laughs> yours go on, open. go on then. <laughs> oh, it's good. So uh, it's just a dream. So it didn't mean shit then. So that's what you're saying is it didn't mean what, shit. What, what do you mean? You just said it was a dream. There's, there's the whole superhero thing when I said he goes to sleep and dreams about a superhero fighting a villain. Yeah. yeah. And we don't see the superhero until the end when we learn it's his dad. Yeah. Given, yeah. But what about the beginning, Bill? So is, that, is that a dream? Where That's he's a dream, like, yeah. Okay, I see. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it's not really... It's not really... It's not really that good, though, is it? To I mean, be honest. It it's, it's pretty good. I I so Go I on. don't I just don't get why 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 what do you mean why? why one why does it happen to Bill Murray again if he always it doesn't basically it happen to his family so why does it happen to his family because if, he, they're if not it happens close to his family enough. why is why is he involved why don't because, they learn the lesson without him because he's still disjointed and he needs them to he, they all need to be together because you yeah, know but, huh? he's, yeah but why is he just jointed and like why what's wrong with rita why does she need like so sure the kid is a teenager why are you <laughs> like teenagers don't spend a lot of time with because rita's that's not that rita's a producer of a fucking tv show like she's invested in her career and she that's wants to be thing. no i know that's not a bad thing but that can happen in marriages where people fall apart uh, even though even though it's in a movie, in the movie in the first one, and you think, oh, maybe they'll be together forever. They fucking might not. And that's what mine is. They're, yeah, they're because slowly... Rita actually cheats on film Yeah, because one. it's it's a hilarious... <laughs> <laughs> that's not hilarious. It actually matters as well. Like, <laughs> Phil, Phil's like, day he doesn't kills, reset. He knows he what's going to happen. Him, he literally kills himself in the first one. <laughs> yeah, but All that right. like, literally doesn't matter. Like, this does matter. What, she what knows and he knows. <laughs> no, sure, he the, guy, he, the guy he she sleeps with doesn't remember, but they do definitely do. <laughs> no, does she don't. actually admit that? Does he Does he know? <laughs> maybe <laughs> do he does. The end of the... The end Maybe credit scene is just her going, I cheated. And then credits. <laughs> <laughs> Leading on to Groundhog Day 3, the divorce. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, and then it will be the whole world is in Groundhog Day. Um, look, let's not move over your one, yeah? Just because you just yeah. put a little heartfelt message about Aziz being fucking... Uh, his dad dying in a car crash, which is fucking morbid. Uh, and then he's created oh, well, a superhero out of in his, his dreams. His parent? Yeah, his dead parents. He's created nothing a superhero. Nothing happens in your movie. They, Nothing happens. You, they, he, he finds to... himself. He meets new interesting people and he, <laughs> he goes, goes on to... new interesting things. He goes to work. He comes back. He goes to work again. He meets, he goes and tries to chat up a bird. Doesn't work. So he's like, oh, fucking go. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, his whole calendar is full of activities. We're yeah. never going to fucking see those activities. But the, fucking, the whole act uh, two is him doing the activities. <laughs> you didn't Meeting fucking... new people, trying these. Some are good. Some are bad. <laughs> We can see that's hilarity in the ones he doesn't like, and some uh, hilarity in the uh, in the stuff he does like. It's all new. Mine is a completely actual new story. Yes, but moving on the character. Yours is the same, Ross. It's literally it's just the same. You may have yes. written. You may you should have just written out the synopsis for the first one. Hey, listen, Ooh. yeah, listen. <laughs> you want Bill Murray in your sequel? I've got him. You've got him 
And like, as a super, eighty-year-old superhero is just gonna walk around. Oh god! I mean, he's not gonna be. I'm sure we'll get like a stunt double to do all the fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got all the original original characters. I bring in Ned as well. People love Ned. I can bring in whatever the cameraman's called. I can't remember his name. Uh, bring him in. Bring the puck. I'll bring the groundhog as well. Maybe there'll be a bit of a. Oh, they've adopted and, the groundhog. But yeah, the thing yeah, is, I, I didn't explain. Like, because it's a pitch, not a script. I mm. didn't explain all the stuff that they're going to do that pads out the movie. Like, Finn is, is going to Finn yeah. is gonna go on a journey, i.e., you know, <laughs> realizing well. that he's, like, a bit of an awkward kid. He gets bullied at school. He'll overcome the bullies. He'll maybe, you know, try and chat up a girl, and maybe it might work. And he'll become more confident. Uh, and then the key thing is the thing at the at the end where they all come together at a family meal and then they all say they love each other the end so because what's, mine's yours what's, is yeah, oh, but what's Finn's like goal is, is, Finn, is Finn's goal to beat up the bully or stand up to the bully or to get closer to the family because those two don't tie together you can't no, beat up the bully and then go <laughs> home and no be- but just like fucking Bill Murray did he learned to play piano that wasn't his goal but he did it anyway <laughs> didn't he because he bettered himself <laughs> So the character's goal throughout the movie wasn't to play the piano, which is a hobby no. he kind of picked up. But yeah. is is what is what is Finn's like objective? Is he to, does he to, want to stand up to the bully or does he want to get closer to his family? Does he even like his family? Well, like, it's it's it loops all the time. So maybe there's one time where he doesn't stand up. Maybe there's one time where he joins the bullies and then realizes. And what's Phil doing? Why why Rita and Finn? And, Oh, having he's trying the to same control- experience that Bill did in the first one. He's just going, going. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> yeah, oh. basically, he's trying to he's trying to stop them from doing the things that he did. So then yeah. he's trying to like chase after them, and that then he's like fun part for Bill Murray to play. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't like any parts anymore anyway. So <laughs> he he he'll love me as a director. Yeah. yeah. Um, look. Yeah. Drew, you my, should pick mine. No, gone, 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 Andy. Why mine yours? What? Oh, well, I was going to wrap up. I was going to say mine Go on. is Go on. the overall mine. Right. So mine, it mines. Have you seen Master of None, Drew? I have not. Oh well, this isn't going to help then. Anyone who's seen Master <laughs> of None at, listening at home is going to have that vibe. All right. So you know, you know, you know, you can get that. Um, this is Oscar bait. All right. Finding them, people find themselves are Oscar bait movie, and it's going to have a charming cast. It's got, it's got Aziz. Emma Stone, Mindy Kaling, the, they're all, all the charming. It, all um, the it's gonna be, it's gonna be, re- it's gonna be fucking directed and written by a charming motherfucker. This guy, <laughs> so it's, it's gonna easily get a fucking Oscar. Look, if you want to pick uh, the boys, to Amazon people. movie cast, fucking Andy's movie, then pick that. Yeah, but if you want the original cast back, back with them again just on a Groundhog the Day, then come to see me, Drew. Okay. That's... Okay, I, I mean, <laughs> this is this is genuinely a really really hard pull because ah, uh, so Andy, mm. just correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but yours doesn't actually have a time loop. No, it's the it's more the fact that what? how people. <laughs> Yeah, one because I, one you I, don't have to explain I, it. But I no, no, no. This is the whole. That Ross has is... missed that because I was like, yeah, hang no, on. that's the whole point. Is like, yeah, 
Yeah. A lot of people feel like they're in Groundhog Day because they just do the same thing kind of every day. My oh, my, my whole point God. of my story is I literally <laughs> just take that that little bit of a left hand, put that foot out, try something new, and that didn't stop the monotony. There's, I don't need a spell because, ba- you know, we're in a It's not a spell. It, people are going to be like, oh, I wonder what the time loop again, is. Like, again, like- it wouldn't in Ross's. Wouldn't Phil just be like, for fuck's sake, again? And I don't get to know why? It just happens again. Is it going to happen a third time? Maybe. So, any, I'd be so, anyway, and then he doesn't, doesn't do anything fun with it. Anyway, <laughs> the argument section is over, but I did think it was strange that Ross hadn't actually picked up on the fact that Andy's Groundhog Day sequel does not contain a time loop. Oh, and I think time warp, just because I got the song stuck in my head every time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that it, was on yeah, purpose. Do- Absolutely, doesn't have a time warp. I I completely understand that that was. So my my point here is that I think Andy, you've created that is it that's such an interesting way to approach a Groundhog Day sequel, and saving the reveal that Bill Murray's his dad for the end does tie it together. Then, but one assumes that. Bill Murray wouldn't be in any of the marketing because you'd want to preserve that reveal for the film. And so how do you market this as Groundhog Day 2 with none of the original cut, or even if you show one of the I... three shots of Bill Murray's face without showing that he's in a superhero we, costume? Well, like, the whole point is like, yeah, you like it would be the... like That would be a bit of the intrigue of why is this a Groundhog Day 2? We, might, we could have maybe a line... Or something, but you may, but it would give it away. The idea was basically, yeah, it's just the intrigue of why is this, why is this Groundhog Day two? Or maybe we could mm. just say in the trailer, like you can say in the trailer, our adopted parents, and you can have a photo of them. That's fine. I think okay. you could do that. The idea is just like, it, to be honest, it's probably not a massive twist uh, when he reveals himself to be the superhero in the film. You might oh, okay. get that. All right. You might get that after the conversation with him and Mindy. But uh, yeah, in the trailer, we could just show like there are adopted parents and they died. Oh, sad face. <laughs> okay all right even so i i'm really torn on yours andy because i'm i have a great deal of respect for the idea and the fact like it, it's there's a throwaway line in the original where he says like nothing i do matters every day is the same and uh, and one of the drunk guys goes yeah that sounds like my life and that's yeah. It's really poignant. That moment of the film really got to me and I felt like it was actually desperately sad and it's a really interesting thing for you to explore. But the time loop is what defines Groundhog Day as a film. So, so moving on to Ross's... movie again. <laughs> it... Yeah, yeah that, that is... Yes, Ross's is, does have a lot of similarities to to the original i oh the other thing that i would say is that from uh, the last thing that i'll say about yours andy before i move on to discussing ross's quickly is that yours as an oscar bait movie as you as you referred to it yourself it does not scream funny to me i can't see I can't see the comedic potential in it. I'm not saying that it couldn't be made that way, but I can't see the comedic potential being drawn out as much as, like you yourself, Andy, said in Ross's, wouldn't Phil just be like, what, again? And I don't, 
I I don't know what how I I don't actually know how I got out the first time, and I I I think there could be comedy in that, but Ross's is is derivative of the first that like that it just is. Um, Finn Wolfhard being their kid when like Andy McDowell and Bill Murray are like Bill Murray's in his eighties and Andy McDowell is. <laughs> Like yeah, she was yeah, born in fifty eight, so she's yes. mid sixties. So that's, I suppose, her being a, like that's it's pushing the upper limit of. Wait, mid. Hang on, nineteen fifty eight. <laughs> someone help me do maths. Fifty years after it was two thousand and eight. Sixty. 64? So she's sixty five, and Finn Wolfhard is definitely playing a teenager. So she would have been like fifty, which is it's not impossible, but it. I don't know, the society we live in, I feel like that needs to be highlighted. And Bill Murray <laughs> is old. <laughs> like, Bill Murray is an old, hey, old man. He, he could feasibly end. be paying, be playing Finn, Finn Wolfhard's great-grandfather, <laughs> and he's meant to be his dad. Um, but Ross brings back Ned and brings back Bill Murray and Andy McDowell and gives them things to do, and, and Pedro Pascal is an inspired piece of casting, and I suspect... Between The Last of Us being on our screens currently and The Mandalorian returning, Pedro Pascal's going to be showing up in a fuckload of our pitches this year. <laughs> um, and so I'm genuinely super duper torn because I, as a, as a thematic idea, I, I prefer Andy's. But as a sequel to Groundhog Day, I think that Ross's still has a lot of potential to be funny and with some tweaks and things would be more what the general audience would want from a Groundhog Day sequel. And so that is why I'm so torn because I'm going, okay, do, am I, we're putting on that old hat from when we started the podcast of it's like, okay, am I thinking about this of which one is my favorite or am I thinking about this as, I'm a studio producer and which one's going to be easier to market or will make more money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think I've got to stick with the rule that we kind of put in place, which is that we pick our favorite pitch and, and which we, which we decided to make allowances for people putting out absolutely batshit insane ideas and still having the potential <laughs> to win as Ross has benefited from in the past, and, and no doubt both of you will again in the future. Yeah. And one of you's going to benefit from it now because Andy's pitch is batshit insane, but I'm giving it to Andy. Hey! hey. Wrong choice. Hey. <laughs> no right choice. I, watch I Master think... of None. You would have got it if you, if you watched Master of None. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to catch... I, I think the Twitter poll for this episode... Might could get spicy <laughs> potentially, yeah. but yeah, I I feel I feel confident in my reasoning there. But it 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 could have gone either way because Ross's is the more would be the more sensible choice, hundred percent. And I can see I can see the character dynamics of Phil being like, "Oh my god, not again!" and him Phil being like, "Come on, guys, we've got to fix this," and the other two being like hedonistic and going actually you got out of this before like actually this is a bit fucking great 
and Phil's having a mental breakdown and they're off having a whale of a time, like fucking going absolutely insane. I can see both of them working. I really, really can. I'm, I'm, this isn't like pity praise for you, Ross. Genuinely, I actually think, I do think there's a lot more promise in the film you pitched than Andy would make it sound in the argument section, although that is the point. But yeah, I'm I'm giving it to Andy. Hey. Nice. So, congratulations, Andy, the three pitch point winner of episode sixty-one three of sequel pitch. Points. Ross, you still come away with two whole points, which is still good. Still good. Two whole points. Don't pity me. Okay. No, the pity point's coming now. Don't worry, it's the one point. Yeah, yeah, the pity point for Matt getting his one is again single lonely point <laughs> for the second week in a row. He got the same point, yeah, for not making a pitch that he did for getting a pitch. Yeah. So yeah, ba- yeah, basically, even if you show up for the episode, if you're really not confident in your pitch, you may as well just sit in silence when it gets to the pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we all want to win because we want the prize at the end, and that is the. We're not going for the lowest effort. We're all putting in the bet, obviously putting in the most effort we possibly can. That means current leaderboard, Matt and Ross are in joint third, I suppose, with two points apiece. I am in second with three points, and Andy oh, rockets ahead to five points right. after his <sighs> second place placing. That's not a good second place His second place placing, yeah. placing last in episode 60 <laughs> and his win this week. So congratulations, oh, Andy. I'm going to tear my shirt off. No, I won't. Could you ever so kindly <laughs> tell the listeners what we're doing next? Ooh, next is going to be, I'm excited for Ant-Man 3, Quantumanium. Mm. So I want you all to pitch Ant-Man 3. Don't pitch me Quantumanium. Yeah. Try and, try and leave out as much as you can from what we already know. But at you, so I'm looking for Ant-Man 3. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, let's. we need some ground rules. Right, firstly, I want to know about rules <laughs> in terms of if right. there's a fucking trailer okay. I will, fucking I Drew's going to be like, that loophole that I did. Yeah, amazing, amazing work. Our resident impressionist. That loophole only worked because the trailer for... Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was shown at the end of Spider-Man, so it was technically in a Marvel film, and that's why I included those things. No sequences from Ant-Man, uh, from Quantumania, have appeared in any existing MCU things. So, Andy... So, basically, try not to... I'm not going to mark you down, because obviously, it's a ma- because Kang and the Quantum Realm are massive parts of uh, Ant-Man 3, and basically, that's kind of I think, all we really know so and them going back in so if you can you're like i'm not gonna normally i would mark it down (laughs) for if you were just going to use kang as the big bad even though he's all been already established as the big bad so yeah you can use him you can use someone else if you go to the quantum realm it's it's fine yeah normally i'd just try try to come up with as much new stuff as possible well yeah and if we if if we've got kang and we're in the quantum realm it's Mm. better be a fucking good story yeah (laughs) <laughs> to be honest, I mean, I probably if I was pitching, I'd probably use those two anyway. So uh, yeah, it'd be fine. I know nothing about the Ant Man like wider rogues gallery or anything like that. So... Neither do I, man. So you make up anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just come up with the best bad guy, and uh, if you convince me, if you act, okay. I'll buy it. Okay, cool. Yeah, man. Okay, there we go. We are <laughs> pitching our sequels to Ant-Man and the Wasp in celebration ahead of Quantumania coming out. And there will, hopefully, if two or more of us can make it to the cinema to see it, be a spoiler cast coming for it too. Oh, I will. Even if it's just me, I'll do our spoiler cast by myself. Yeah. I think we need to embrace solo content for a sequel pitch. But anyway, <laughs> so that is it from us. The very quick wrap up. Once again, just a reminder, if you enjoy what we do here, you can leave us a, a nice review on your podcast app of choice or indeed uh, leave us a lovely comment on YouTube now. Although really? I don't know when I'll actually get around to uploading this one to YouTube, but there we go. If you really like what we do and you feel like helping us out and getting yourself a bit of extra content as well, head to patreon.com forward slash sequel pitch. You can sign up. It's two English pounds a month. And and like with, with the state of our economy for everyone else in the world, that's pennies. It's pennies now. <laughs> and you can just give us some money and then you'll get the full review of every movie that we do and you'll be helping us out as well. You can find us on Twitter at Sequel Pitch. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. Keep an eye out for the poll that we'll put out so you can say whether Andy deserved his win or whether Ross should have had it and how much of a bastard I am for who I did or didn't choose. And with that, we will say goodbye. So it is goodbye from admirable runner-up Ross Harmston. Yeah, mate. It is goodbye from this week's worthy winner, Andy Henry. Goodbye. Yay. And it is goodbye from me. May all of you have the most wonderful looping Groundhog Days and may all of your Ned Ryersons be friendly and not annoying. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.